When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a sudden buzz in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15th hole here, driver's recommended. <laughs> oh, is he a caveman? Because it's suddenly come that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with a dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> G'day and welcome. This is Golf. Andrew Datto is my name. Nice to have your company. Each week I try and bring you a new story from the game of golf and this is just a ripper. Toby McGeechee is either Australia's best or second best, most successful online golf coaches. He's brilliant. He's a young man. Uh, He's got a really, really interesting story, one that includes uh, the Dalai Lama, (laughs) going to Asia, finding a new way to look at his life and then passing that on to students. So there's, ah, geez, there's some life lessons, there's some golf lessons, there's new slants on the game of golf and uh, I really think you'll enjoy it. So if you know someone like Toby or you're someone like Toby, you've got a story to tell, something to share, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me at Instagram, just search Andrew Datto and send me a message. Um, because you could well end up here talking about what you do. I just want to talk about the game and a love for the game, and Toby McGeechee most certainly has that. I think you'll enjoy this. He's a lovely young man and uh, a really great view on our game, which is golf. Here's Toby. We started where we always start, with how he got into golf. I was 12 years old, I was playing cricket, right, and my mum picked me up after the grand final and she's watching the whole time and she said, do you want to do it again next year? And I said, mum, I'd love to. And she goes, how about we try something else? And golf it was. I think she just was a bit sick of me um, top scoring nine for the year and going <laughs> in the grand final. Yeah. <laughs> trying to find something else for me to do in the summertime, obviously, and um, that's how I kind of found golf, right? Um, so you were 12. Did you win the grand final? No, no. Right. Mostly to my undoing, to be fair. Oh, okay. So what did you, did you get a, have a duck? Or did you drop a catch, crucial catch? I got run out and yeah. I literally think I bowled five wides in the grand final. 
I got hooked and I was just. <laughs> it's funny you say that because, um, I mean, I've got a son and we he played cricket and at about the same age I said, what about if we didn't play cricket anymore? What if we just surfed on Saturdays and we had a nice time together? So oh, I think there's, there's definitely something in cricket and the time in cricket, but you don't realise that golf's pretty much the same. You just don't have to follow them around. It is, but hey, but your mum doesn't have to sit there and watch you the whole yeah. time. All right. So what? So what happened the next summer? How did you? How did? How did your um, your golfing career work? Well, I, I grew up down the south coast at uh, Shelburne Heads Golf Course. That's where I started my golfing kind of journey, and they had a really big junior program there. And my brother had started in it, and I just went up there, had a bit of a go, and I was always the one that you know golf's not for me. You know, I was a surfer. I played football. And I remember just having playing the one nine holes. I might have been three holes at the time, but just getting my hands in a club. And from there, I just got addicted to it. And mm. I, I was the worst player by far. Out of all my friends who I now coach, I was actually the worst by far out of everyone. All right, so what did you like about it? I think I just I just enjoyed I just I think I enjoyed that I was onus on myself. It was the first sport where I wasn't a team sport type of thing. And I wasn't very good. And I think I just got a bit of excitement out of just seeing the ball move, right? Yeah. And it was a nice little community community that they had there. And I just got addicted to it. I was there, you know, after about two months, I was going to the golf course every day before school and after school, 24-7. Oh. So school. was that an unhealthy um, an unhealthy uptake? I mean, I, very I, mean, I yeah, because it, it's like one of those like jump, like now, Jesus, I'm just going to jump in and go as hard as I can from the very beginning. So it's sort of, but clearly you stayed with the game. So there was definitely something there that, that held you quite tight. I think a lot of me, right, as well, like it's why I continue to study a lot as well, but fear, right, and I don't like being not good at something. Right. So I, I've always, whenever I've started something, I've always gone gun ho right? So I think the same, I think that same type of behavior issue was coming out when I was 13. Okay. Same thing. So I just always did everything 100%. So how far did you get in the game of golf before you turned to coaching? Me? Well, because I think I started, I know it seems crazy, but I started relatively late, right? So 13 or whatever. My amateur career wasn't very strong. I, I, got, I did get down to a scratch handicap by the time I think I was potentially 16 or 17 nearly. And but as in a playing aspect side of things, my biggest success was just through my traineeship, really. I, okay. had, I had a couple of wins, and but my playing was never – it doesn't help when you're two foot eight, Andrew. The ball doesn't go very far. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all right. So, so we'll get to that. We'll get to the height, yeah. okay? We'll get to, How tall are you, by the way? Oh, 168 centimetres. So what's that mean in old-fashioned five foot eight? Maybe, let's say maybe, maybe five seven, maybe. Let's say the more I, c- I continue to stretch and roll out my spine as much as I can to add some weight. Rightio. So there have been great shorter players. We'll just we'll just say that. Yes. So they're always my idols. Right. So this is <laughs> go woozy. Yeah. Um, so so this is an interesting thing for a for a coach as well to actually understand the physical limitations and how to get the most from those. We'll get to that. Um, in a second. You went from, uh, you did your assistant traineeship at Eleonora, is that right? Yeah, yeah, with Mr. Brett Parker. Very yeah. yeah, I did my traineeship up there. Great place. You you know all about it, don't you? Um, I only know it from a guest's point of view. It's very it's ex- So Eleonora is a very exclusive club on the northern beaches yes. of Sydney. It's beautiful. 
It's yeah. very fancy, very expensive, and and very exclusive. But when I, and when I first started there, it was incredibly exclusive. I, the, the, how I started there was I was actually working at Olympic Park driving range, and I wasn't playing much golf at the time. And I went there with around a, uh, with a friend of mine who was actually a trainee there at the time. And he said, you've got to get here. This place is just incredible. And I got a game there, rocked up with the wrong coloured socks on, you know, the whole deal. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that was my first experience there as well. I so went there with um, socks that were had a foot joy or something yeah. on them. I said, had to buy new socks, yep. Gotcha. And, and I rocked up and I'm, I met Mr. Brett Parker, the head professional, and they got chatting and we just got along really, really well. And he said, yeah. hey, would you like to work here? And I was like, well, Let's do it. I was only young. I was like, let's get into it. But the thing about Eleanor at the time as well is there was no timesheets. It was it was really you just showed up. I had no idea who was coming to play when I did my traineeship. I had to get the clubs out of storage and just guess who was coming. Mm. You know, and it was it was it was a different experience from a from a young kid growing up at Shalevan Heads with a set of like Tommy Armour golf clubs that had more rust on them than yeah than anything. So, so do you think? I mean, it's it it's not like that now. They no. they, they now do have timesheets, but. Yeah. Like with your experience through golf, was that a better time? Was it a nicer way to to play? Um, I think it was a luxury, right, at the time. Mm. I, don't, I don't think golf courses could have that luxury right now because they've got to maximise the amount of rounds they can get on the golf course. And also you don't want to be too inconvenient. Some people so people were showing up to Illinois, right, or in different breed of – I shouldn't say different breed, different category of time of life of person too. They were all retired. They all had you – know, a lot of them had drivers – you know, so they would just show oh, up. Okay. If I had to wait an hour at the time to play, they were yeah. okay with it. Now if you show up and you had to wait 15 minutes, you probably didn't. Yeah, they'd just be in the bar anyway going, mmm, mmm. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. If you tried that 389, mmm. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. Great place. Okay, so you went from there, then you went to, did you went to Manly with Phil Baird? Yeah, good friend of yours, Phil Baird, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I finished my traineeship at Illinois Country Club and I did have an opportunity to go play. Um, you know, some members were going to help me out there, just take some money out of their ashtrays in their car and help me support me for a year. But yeah. I ended up um, meeting Phil Baird at the PGA Awards night and we got along really well and uh, we got along really well after the awards night too. I had a few drinks and got chatting and um, he said he had a job opportunity there. So it was silly enough for me not to take it, right? You know, I'll, so why so why didn't you play? I mean, it seems to me that there's lots of. I mean, did you know that you weren't good enough, or oh, to put it this way, right? That I played a friend of mine, Adam Groom. You might know from the beaches as well. At, he was at Monash Country Club. You know, incredible player, and he was playing on the Asian Tour, and he just finished sixty first that year on the Order of Merit, and he didn't make a whole lot of money. And I played golf with him a lot at Eleanor. And one time I was playing with him after he just lost his tour card. And he had the cruisiest five under par of the blacks at Eleonora I'd ever seen. Mm. And I busted everything I had for like maybe one under. And I remember right. sitting in the bar that, that <laughs> evening and I remember, I remember very vividly drinking my Stella because there's nothing else up there except for Stella or Peroni, you know, at mm. Eleanor Country Club. And I said to myself, I remember whispering to myself, I'm not going to make it. And I went home to my wife that day, well, my girlfriend at the time, and I said to her, I'm taking the job at Manly. <laughs> I'm not good enough. Right. And so when so in in your heart at that point, was that I mean it was either a good thing or a very bad thing? It it was kind of a, a realization. It real I was a hard worker, right? I never had a whole lot of talent. Hard work has got me 
in all my sport, right, even as a kid, right, was hard work. And I just, I didn't think I could work myself hard enough to keep up with those guys. I just didn't have it. I just, I was good. Like, don't get me wrong, I was a handy player, but I just knew, I just knew. And I just, yeah, I, I didn't want to take that risk and give up the opportunity to work at Manly, right? The system pro at Manly for a young person who wanted to live in the northern beaches, there's not many better jobs for an assistant. Yeah. So, and Manly's a good club, and it's and it is fancy, and you know it's not dissimilar to Eleonora in yeah. in that socioeconomic group. Can I just ask you this? Just off sixty yeah. first on the Asian money tour, tour list. Any idea yeah. what that would be? Adam Groom at the time, I think he, yeah. I think it was like in the fifties or sixties of thousands of dollars. Wow! So, at and then traveling, accommodation, yeah. caddy, and trying to yeah. live right. And trying to live as well, like, and also upkeep your own, you know, home at home as well and then travel and the pressures and the stresses and, and, and who's to say I was even going to get a nation tour card. So it just, to me, it, it, the glamour just took its, it just, yeah. But I've had friends of mine who were, like, look at Brett Drew from Long Range Golf Club. Yeah. You know, he, he's just had an amazing career. He went through China and then web.com tour and now on the PGA Tour again. So yeah. There is pathways there, but Brett was a nine-time better golf than I was. Okay. So that's interesting that you recognise that. I'm talking to Toby McGeechee, who's one of the top one or two online coaches in Australia and doing really, really well at it. Um, before we get there, I know talking to Phil, he said you had a sort of a epiphany or a, you know, you went to – now, he wasn't sure if you went to Nepal India. or you went to India – yeah. But you had a moment where you like rediscovered yourself. So, yes. And, and I just wonder about that that rediscovery or realignment process. How important that is in the whole spirituality of the game of golf. So, yeah. just so you know, I'm a big believer in that it is a spiritual game, and it is yeah. that you know, and it's it's about the head, and it's a lot about that. <laughs> what was sorry? What was that? That's- I got all I got all my Buddhas, my Hindus. Oh. <laughs> Okay. My, my oh, so tell, okay, so tell me about it because I'm really – I think it's really interesting and I know that sort of that – Yeah, okay. Your, your level of enlightenment yeah, is going right. to be helpful for someone else's level of enlightenment or their, yeah. their, their path towards it. I guess for me as well, like um, the, the way the way I put it from a, a sports – and I've had a lot of chat with sports people about this as well. As much as when I did my traineeship, right, I was – I was still going so hard at my game of golf. I, I had a, a worked out at the golf course that I'd work, you know, three three full days through my traineeship, and the other four days I was there from sun up to sundown. And I'd go to the gym in the morning before gym at night. I was one hundred percent gun ho into golf, right? And like I said, everything I do, I don't do in halves, right? And then when I finished and had that realization that I wasn't going to be playing anymore, right? I I enjoyed the competitive aspect of golf probably more or less than I did the actual playing side of it at that young right. age. I enjoyed winning. I enjoyed the challenge. I enjoyed the, the butterflies and the nerves of finishing around. So when that got taken away from me through my own choice, right, and I was working at Manly Golf Club at the time, you know, I was going gun ho in other areas outside of uh, golf, if you know what I mean, and Manly's a very fun place to have. Yeah. And... Um, it came to a point in my life where I was like, there's got to be a little bit more to this. And I was just doing some reading and then found myself in India. Um, where, where were you in India? 
everywhere. But I went to Rajasthan. Yes. I've been, I've been there a few times now. Yeah, great. I, I found myself in New Delhi and I woke up in New Delhi. It was 500 degrees. It was yeah. stinking. It was hot. Cement bed. All I did was book one flight in. This is how hopeless I am. I booked one flight in and I'm sitting in my uh, hotel room and I didn't have anything organized. I'm like, what the hell? So I just did a bit of Googling. What should I do? Anyways, long story short, I'm sitting at the, I'm sitting in Agra near the Taj Mahal and I'm staying in this two bedroom, uh, what would you call it? Bed and breakfast, right? I actually got electrocuted in the shower. (laughs) On the first night. So the second night, I'm too scared to have a shower, right? Yeah. And I'm not – at this point in time, spirituality is nothing I know anything about. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to find something, right? And I'm sitting in the – I'm sitting in Agra. You're on the run. You're, ba- you're basically on the run, aren't you? Trying to of, find you're stuff. on the run from yourself. I'm not trying to find something, right? But anyways, I'm sitting on the roof yeah. of this hotel in Agra and I'm just looking at the world go past going, what am I doing here? Anyways, these two girls come up, right? They sit on the top of the, the, um, the hotel – and they start, start talking to me. And I said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Australia. And I said, well, duh, we can tell in your accent. And I said, I said, whereabouts? And I said, New South Wales. I said, where? I said, Manly. And they said, where? And I said, I said, I live in, God, I've forgotten the street. And they, and they knew the street. And I'm like, what? They said, what number? And I said, number X. And they said, where's three doors up? So I'm in the middle of Agra and I was two people, two Canadian nurses who are living in Australia. Anyways, long story short, they take they I meet them again and they invite me to the Dalai Lama's residence for a teaching. So I'm up at the Dalai Lama's residence. I actually get to ask him a question, right? What the so you met you the actually da- met the Dalai Lama. Yeah, so this is this is me like the furthest person away from spirituality at this time. And I get given this book, right, called The Book of Joy, which is Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And yeah. that's where my whole journey kind of started. And from there, I took that back and I found a little bit of peace. And Hang on, hang on. Stop. Hang on. Hang on. What did you ask the Dalai Lama? You know what? It's, I knew you were going to ask me that, but the, this thing I asked him was I remember I, I asked him about I asked him about the pleasures in life. I th- oh, what was it? It was... I asked, oh, you've, you've put me on, I've, I should have grabbed my book. I've got it written down. But I yeah, asked him, I asked well, just him. Just the, the gist, the general gist. It's okay. I asked him about how to let go of the pleasures in life to find happiness, essentially, along those lines. Mm. How to, because I was hanging on to these other things that brought me joy, right, which was having a bit of fun, you know, and other things outside of true happiness. And I asked him how to let go of it. Okay. He, he, his translator answered it for me. But yeah. I was just, I was just, yeah. It's a, it was a remarkable time. It's even, it's even been videoed as well. But, um, yeah. Did he? Um, do you remember what what was what his answer was? He replied to me that I've just got to find. It was something along the lines of I've got, I've got to find the answer for myself. <laughs> thanks, of, of I, thanks, Guru. Of where I find true happiness. It was something along those lines. Yeah. Bear in mind, right, and you're going to find this crazy, I barely knew who the Dalai Lama was at this point in time. Mm. So now, though, I watch all these teachings. And I, I okay. put a lot into my – I feel like it helps a lot with my good players. Okay. So so, so let's – I mean, look, that's re- it's really interesting. And it's funny when you said Agra, and this is the whole thing about your stories make everyone else think of their own. Yeah. I remember being in Agra and filming the Lonely Planet. 
yeah. and our cameraman was just coming good after a solid bout of diarrhea and belly, but you know, belly, deli, belly, or whatever. Yep. And I looked down from wherever we a viewing platform to the burning gats where they, you know, they burn the bodies yeah. next to the Ganges, yeah, uh, the Ganga River, yeah. and I saw some feet sticking out of a wood pyre. And vomited instantaneously, like, you know, because this they've just set fire to this and then went down with my own version of Deli Belly for the next 10 days or something and lost the stone and a half. It was amazing. Anyway, so it's good. The way you went there is is a really, I think it's, I think there you learn what's important and what's not important. Mm. You know, uh, India is a very big culture shock, that's for sure. And there's Mm. not a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, things go on in India that aren't great, but I think culturally, I love it. I absolutely. Yep. I didn't want to come home the first right. time, 2016. I didn't want to come home. So, how does it help your golf? How does it help in your teaching? Like, you know, like do you do, do you guru swanky your um, your clientele and from time to time? Not at all. Not at all. I think go, is, uh, <laughs> I think for me, when I give my lessons, right, I, it, the student the student understands that I care a lot about them, right? That's generally what happens is the students know. And I don't, I offer them a really nice space to be. So what I mean by that is that I try to free them of, like they when you're getting golf lessons, right, you're getting judged from the second you walk in, right? Mm. You rock up with iron covers on. Well, tell me how it does, tell me how it does work. How does it work? So it's interesting you say that because that's, I think how all of us feel, we're getting judged from the moment we walk yeah. in. What are you doing as a coach from the moment someone walks in? When someone walks in, right, and if I, if I can see they're nervous, right, let's just put, let's put that case study up there. I'll generally ask them, are you nervous? Like and after a little bit of getting to know them, and I'll say don't be nervous because no one rocks up to show me how good they are. That's the first thing I say, right? And then secondly. Do, do you believe that? No, no one comes for a golf lesson to show me how good they are. I charge, I, I, I charge a lot of money. They wouldn't be doing that. Right. <laughs> but, don't, but aren't they turning up to go, I mean, they're, they're turning up to get fixed. They're turning up to get fixed. But, but also, like, mm-hmm. no one wants to turn up and be a total dick, total yeah. klutz. Yeah. So they want to show you their best swing. Yes. So I create an environment for that to happen. So okay. the way that I do that is I say to the student, You've got, I'll give you 10 golf shots, right? Because we don't, we don't want to be judged on our first. So my sessions only go for one hour in-person lessons is I'm going to give you 10 golf balls. I'm going to let you hit the first eight and I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to get your lesson ready on my app. I'm going to let you warm up, and, but I'm going to let you know I'm going to film number nine and number 10 shot that you do. Right. Are you watching them while they're hitting the first eight or are you, are you flapping around on your, on your iPad going, did it, did it over here? But really you got a side out, side glance going, oh, Jesus, look at that right elbow far out. Where's that going? Yes. But, but then, but then if I demonstrate something I'll, and I'll say, oh, you make it look so easy. And then I'll just say to them, what do you do for work? Cause I'm sure you're really good at it too. Yeah, right. So I try to create that space for them there. And, and I think that helps me a lot. But it more or less helps me a lot, I think, my way of living, you know, my spiritual practices. It helps me a lot with the teenage amateur golfers more than anything, helping them get through because, you know, they know that my daily habits and the way that I live my life today, you know, and I classify myself, you know, as a relatable kind of, kind of guy. They go, well, if Toby can live that way, maybe I can too. Right, and so you're, and 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 like you know, you're an advocate for good, clean, yeah. good, 
clean off. I mean, look at you. You're beautiful. Look at your beautiful, clean teeth and white eyes and fabulous complexion. And, you know, so you're actually, a, you are the embodiment of, of, of a good physical specimen. Yes. So a spiritually good physical specimen specimen as well. Yes, and you're not going to go to, you're not, if you're going to go to a physio or a personal trainer and they're not in shape, you're probably not going to go to them, are you? No. Good point. But yeah, All right. I, so, I, live, I live what I preach. So it's about comfort, creating a comfortable environment? Yeah. And then what happens? And then from there, I, I would generally just once we, so the next part of the lesson is me filming them, right? And then I put them, for me, what I'm just showing, I'm not going to go through my whole thought process because it'll just hurt the audience's head. But mm. my thing is as soon as I put them alongside the model, I say, I want you to understand I'm putting you alongside this model and this is, in my opinion, the best golf swing in the world. And this guy has hit more golf balls in one day than you have in your life, right? as in practice balls. So I don't want you to be too judged by what this guy is doing. There's a reason why he's the model. And then that's the other way that I'll create a little bit of comfort because I'll go, if I'm talking about trail arm, they'll say, oh, well, his arm's way better than mine. I'll go, well, of course it is because he's one of the best golfers in the world and you're one of the best accountants in the world. <laughs> who's, the, um, who's the swing you put them up against? Who's, what's uh, the swing? Anyone who's listening to this and who knows me will know exactly what I'm about to say, but it's Mr. Robert Rock, the man with the most beautiful hair. Robert Rock. Robert Rock has the best golf swing, I believe, in the world. The best relatable golf swing as well for the recreational golf because there is things that he can do that anyone can do. What? Okay, so. Physically. physically. I'm a golf nerd. Yes. I've never heard of Robert Rock. Wow. He doesn't wear a hat. He's a man that's given up millions of dollars of sponsorship. He actually follows me on Instagram now. He knows how much of a nerd I am towards him. Okay, so he's a pro. He's a professional golfer who played in the European Tour, still does. for a yep. um, He played for about 18 years. I know most a lot more, more about him than what he probably does. But fascinatingly enough now, he actually coaches people on the PGA Tour, on, on, the, on the European Tour. So he plays and coaches European Tour players. I'm surprised that you didn't say, and this is the thing that all the commentators, they just really get very gooey over yeah. Adam Scott. Adam Scott is great. Adam Scott is six foot eight, <laughs> so whatever he is. Yeah, yeah. He's, he is an, very much an extremely athletic um, golf swing. And he, yeah. he does things in his golf swing which Andrew Dado can't do. Yeah, well. In, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And, and, yeah, he's – yeah, so my model golf swing, he's of model height, I guess you could say as well, like a normal height, where Adam Scott is just something cut out of a magazine, isn't he? He's beautiful. Okay. So Robert Rock is someone we should all probably have a quick Google of. Yeah. You know, write it down, Google his swing, because it's an atta- yeah. is it an attainable golf swing? It certainly is. So what Robert Rock does really well, right, he has a very neutral setup. There's nothing crazy about it, right? He has a trail arm, so he's, he's a right-handed golfer, so his right arm in the backswing. So you think about your humerus bone from, say, your elbow up to your shoulder, mm. right? That stays very close to the outside of his chest the whole time in his backswing. So if you put a glove under your arm, that, mm. right, that it, does, it wouldn't drop out. Okay. So what he, And then what he does is he delivers the club really well. And, and that, to me, is something that's compact, something that is – easy for the recreational golfer to do because let's be honest right 
I believe that 99% of golfers could lower their scores not through having to try and hit it further. So what I'm saying is there's only 1% of the golfers out there that could actually lower their score. I think there's other efficient ways for the golfer to lower their score. Yeah, and, and obviously it, keeping it in the fairway is a pretty good start. 100%. And I use myself as an example, right? I've shot eight under par numerous times and I've done it with a 7 iron going 145, 148 metres. Yeah. So I, I, I think when someone comes to me off a handicap of 17, I'm more concerned about getting them to get that 7 iron to land on the green somewhere than yeah. how far it's going. Okay, so it's... Where it goes, not how far it goes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And is this one of the problems for the amateur golfer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I because think, see, yeah. we're peppered constantly. Well, we're peppered with a couple of things. One is the talk of trailing arms and trail mix, and yes. there's just a lot of trails, right? <laughs> <laughs> your trail arm is obviously, if you're right-handed golfer, your trail side, so it's your right-hand side. Yeah, but, no, but there's, but there's a lot of technical talk around the golf swing. Let me, it's not necessarily... Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I think, right? I think in today's society, this is going to be gooey with you, right? Today's society, we're very, we got yin and yang. The world is very yang right now, right? Everything's big, faster, stronger, right? How much have you got? How far does it go? Vladimir Putin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very yang. And what sells? Yang, right? What What also sells is like stronger you know that's why i like going to the gym and doing mobility exercises or stretching it's not sexy right so the golf ball and people are selling drivers going further like what, what about this for a marketing campaign the straightest seven iron you've ever hit no one cares about that it's about this seven iron goes further than anyone else's you can be the biggest big big guy in your group yeah and that's to me yeah. that's, that's 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 my opinion where the world is right and look at your mate phil baird pga baird right short game Short game wizard. Short game wizard. Short game, Short game self, wizard. Self-proclaimed. But, yeah. And, and, and but that is his Instagram handle if you want to look up Phil. It's the short game wizard. And I'm fascinated. I, I truly believe that the recreational golfer is being told by marketing on how they think they can lower their scores through buying a very expensive driver with high margins for the, for the uh, companies, not through other ways. Okay. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that with the – the new drivers, the yes. what's the thing that looks like a radiator heater? <laughs> <laughs> the, 
I don't even keep up with that. With that, actually, I shouldn't say that. I do have. That. Okay. Well, no, it's 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 interesting because um, I mean, I'm playing with old irons and their traditional uh, old Ben Hogan's. Love it. And, and their their um traditional lofts, and I. But a six iron, I now have to hit a five iron, for instance. Yeah. But it, as, as long as you don't have to tell anyone, it's fine. So really, that's what you're saying, isn't it? Sort of stop getting in a pissing contest of how far you're hitting something. And just hit whatever it takes to get that distance. Of course, one of my mentors, uh, Mr. Sean Foley, right? He helps us, uh, a lot of us online coaches. So Sean Foley used to coach Tiger Woods. He coaches Lydia Ko, Justin Rose, Danny Willis at the Masters now. He always says this, what did you shoot? So I go, oh, my seven, what did you shoot? When the recreational golfer says to me, oh, Toby, I played on the weekend. I had, let's talk Stableford points. I had uh, 36 points, missed a few greens on my seven iron, but I had six three putts. But, and they just throw the six three putts away. They, just, they just, just gently just drop that bomb on you. And I'm like, that six three putts to me is like hitting six drivers on Bunnings, you know, like off the golf <laughs> You know, that's that's how I visualize. But the but the recreational golfer looks at six three putts and goes, "No, that's okay." With your coaching, then are you not? Is it about not having? Obviously, it's about not having the three putts. But is that from getting the ball closer with your approach shot, or is it actually being able to putt better? So for me, right, when I approach any of my students, and most of my students are on a subscription plan, right? So they pay me a monthly subscription, and. I'll sit down with them. I've got Zoom calls all day today with my subscribers and we'll kind of do a check-in of their whole game and I rate it, right? So my job is to help Andrew lower his score, right? And you might think you know how to lower your score, but I've probably got a bit bit more of an understanding of how to lower your score. So I set parameters in place on how to help lower your score. And if it is putting, for instance, then we look at ways that we need to, how, how we can do that. And a lot of time, it isn't it isn't proximity to home. You shouldn't be three putting no matter where you are. Okay, how how do you do online coaching in terms of swing faults? When so I sit here as we're doing now, doing a, a Zoom type call, yeah. And I t- go through my game and I say thirty four points, and yeah. I hit four really bad, uh, two shanks and a such and such. But I can't show you my swing from where I am. Yes. So how, do, how does that online coaching system work? All right. So I'll give you a bit of a brief one. Right? So most of my monthly, all my subscribers are on a monthly plan. So keep in mind, 90% of my students are international students, right? I only have probably 10% from Australia. And they're everywhere, all around the world, in every country in the world. But it's a subscription-based model where they send me their golf swings. Yeah. They send it to me. And then I analyze mm-hmm. it. And then I send back personalized drills. So it's not a lot of the time the live conversations are myself analyzing, talking about how you've been playing and talking about on a live conversation in regards to how I need to fix your swing. So a lot of, not a lot of it is done live, but what I would do now is I can share your screen right now through this app that we're using and I can actually talk about your golf swing with you live because you'll have some golf swings sent to me prior. Oh, okay. So I just get my mate Barry. I go, hey, Baz. Just film this one. Film this one for us, would you? Is that how it works? It has to be a tripod. Could you? Could you? I I wouldn't trust Phil to sit there and hold the camera, (laughs) you know, in the right spot. So I I teach people how to film and analyze things properly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's an an amazing way to learn. Yeah. Right. Um, Is there? So obviously, obviously, with the online coaching, 
yes. you need to you need to be filming to be able to see what they're doing. All the time. Yeah. With your in-person coaching, can you coach without the use of filming aids? No. Right. And if you get, so get, what's get, happened? It's like for a, for a Zen guru, yingster yangster. Yes. Can we have we have we lost the art of just old fashioned? But hey, mate, tuck your right elbow in. Imagine there's a glove there, or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just proof. And you ask any golf coach, right? I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough to be coaches. You know, friends of the best coaches in the world, right? I really am. And we've all got access to GC quads, track mans, all these types yeah. of stuff, right? And you ask anyone, would you rather get rid of your iPad or get rid of your GC quad when giving a lesson? And everyone will get rid of their their, their flight machine, so a GC quad or a track man. Camera, when the golf club is swinging at, you know, you had flats on recently, right? He swings it so fast. And he's, his club driver speed at times is like 120 miles per hour. Are you going to make a judgment call on what he needs to do technically when something's maybe 120 miles per hour? Which means yeah. the car was going past you on the highway at 120 miles per hour and said, pop up your left eye, pop up your left eye. <laughs> oh, my God. It just wouldn't yeah. work. So, okay, so that's a really that's a really good description because yeah. um, that actually makes sense. Yeah, you can't. Because, you know, like I still, well, I don't know, rightly or wrongly, still lament the old-fashioned, the fact that we're, we're losing the old-fashioned sort of yes. ways you know that it's all we're all so we're, we're so stuck and glued to our technology that um there must be something else in it while i'm talking to you through my laptop uh, well, exactly right <laughs> i know i know I, I tell you i tell you you know i 100 percent agree with you right but and I, i'm i'm old school too man i'm very old school i've gone from uh i've gone from li- living wanting to live in uh india in 2016 and getting rid of my phone right to now living in my phone and iPad. So mm. it's a way that we have to accept. And if I want to be really good at my job, I have to be able to measure what's going on. I, you know, it gives you an opportunity to, like these days, for instance, right, the tool professional doesn't need to be smashing balls for five hours a day to try and find something. They can measure it very quickly and find out what the problem is straight away. So, for instance, then- in my golf game, I've got a lazy right arm coming down to the ball, it's a bit slow, right, because it flies a bit too much and that causes my path to go to the right. So when I get on the quad and my path is, say, three degrees to the right-hand side, so for a right-handed golfer, I overhook the ball, I get on there, have a look at my quad and I go, oh, my God, I'm f-, and then I just take a look at my trail arm, I'm fixed within five minutes of my own game. Okay. How do you feel about people giving golf tips Mid round to other, uh, yeah, yeah. So I tell, yeah. I, I, I tell you just quickly, easy. The way I say it, right, is I give you this is what I say to my students I give you permission to think on the driving range, I'll give you permission not to think on the golf course. And the way I liken it, right, could you imagine if Roger Federer was re- returning a serve to Rafael Nadal? And while the ball is coming at him at 200 kilometres per hour, he's thinking right arm down, right shoulder. He's not. He's just reacting to what he sees, right? And in the golf swing, right, get this, right, the golf swing takes 1.2 seconds in total, right? If you play a round of golf and you shoot, say, for the the PGA Tour professional, right, they hit 40 shots, right? They hit, say, 30 putts. 40 shots, right? 
They've hit now for one minute. 1.2 by 40, I think, is one minute. So they've actually right. only swung the club for one minute. That's unbelievable. That's so, unbelievable. So how can you talk to yourself in that one minute? People people will have like 6,000 thoughts in that one minute. Yeah. But there, but there does seem to be a lot of time in a, within a golf swing, within that one second. Doesn't to it? Actually, to actually say to yourself, well, I, um, yeah, I agree. You know. I mean, and so tell me this, and again, this could be a Zen question, I'm not sure. How is it that you get to the top of your golf swing and saying to yourself as you take the club back, don't whack it, don't whack it, don't whack it, yeah. and you get up there at the thing and then you go, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you, just whack, you whack the hell out, hell out of it. Yeah. I call that, uh, so what you're talking about then, right, is say, let's say a lot of the recreational golfers, when they get to the top of their backswing, right, we see this over-the-top move, right? We call it over-the-top where the club comes out and over. I call it the – it's very primal. It's very instinctive of a, a beginner golfer or, you know, someone to – I call it that I'm going to get you. You know, I'm, I'm going to bloody get you from the top, right? <laughs> there. Uh, right. Where I think it's even been measured as well that the recreational golfer actually um, – is faster and grips it more, like their grip pressure is a lot more to the top of their backswing in transition than the, than the PGA Tour professional. And you've only got to look at like Ernie. Sorry, say that again. So from the top of the backswing, yeah. the recreational golfer grips it harder than a PGA Tour player. Wow. Yeah. And you've only got to look at like Ernie Earls, Freddie Couples, and think of like Ernie Earls, Freddie Couples, Vijay Singh, these guys hit it a very long way. And they look like they are absolutely just doing nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so how do I not have that thought, right, is, is I'm trying to think more external where I want the ball to go, you know. And I, I try to have positive thoughts. And, and if you're going to have a thought in your golf swing, it needs to be, let's call it a – not a, a technique thought, but more of a doing thought, if that makes any sense. Like I'm going to put the ball over there. That's where it's going to go. Okay. So you, you're a believer in free will and I'm, 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 I'm aiming for that. Um, yeah. I'm aiming for the left window on the right-hand side of the house and that's where I'm going to deliver this ball. Yes, yes. and that, But that is the last phase in your whole pre-shot routine, right, is, is just target. It's just where that thing's going to be going. Uh, like think of someone just throwing a ball. You know, I, I remember the first time I watched Glenn McGrath on the sideline watching cricket, watching him throw a ball over the stumps. He picked the ball up and within a split second it was gone. And Ian Healy had it over the, the bales. He was never thinking right elbow here, left foot there. Yeah. He just, he just threw it, right? But that's the last phase of it. That's when you're in your reactionary stage and you're just hitting the golf. Okay. Is there a most important, yeah. in your mind, a most important part of the golf swing? Setup. Okay. Yeah. Setup dictates everything. Yeah. If you ask any, yeah. I often say if I go to anyone in the, if I went around the whole entire world and fixed grip grip and setup, I reckon the world would be a four to five shot better golfer. Jeez. Yeah. Well, really. I mean, Richard Merce is a big believer in the grip. He talks a lot about the grip and, I mean, and it's terrific. It's really interesting when he, yeah. you know, talks about the knuckles, you're seeing this and pressure and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. Grip and setup. Grip's great. And, you know, another thing on that grip, right, is it's good to have 
um, you know, our fingers and stuff in the right place. And I don't mind grip pressure, but I want to have loose wrists. So if you're holding, if you're holding, <laughs> so I need your wrist. So people grip the thing so tightly, their wrists don't work. So think about when you're using a hammer, right? You've got your hand, you're holding onto the hammer quite tight, but your wrist is nice and flexible. Mm. Is there one swing we should be trying to accomplish? Like you, you, you hold Robert Rock up as mm. that's the swing. Should we all be trying to swing that way or should we all just enjoy our individual swings? Um, individual swings, right, but it depends on what, what you're trying to do. Are you trying to get better or are you trying to not get If you're trying to get better, right, you need to have an understanding of what's going to help you improve. So we've all got something in our golf swing, generally two things. You've got two wrongs, right? got one wrong and then fixed by another wrong. But you need to find out what your DNA pattern issue is if you want to get better. So everyone's got their thing that is holding them back in their golf swing of improving, right, if it, if it is, if they do have a, a fault in their swing. You need to understand what that is, and that generally won't go away. You'll have to kind of continue to work at that. If you go to a PGA Tour event, I can tell you right now what Justin Rose is working on at the Masters. I can tell you right now what Tommy Fleetwood is doing. I can probably tell you what Tiger's doing because they've all been working that same against that same pattern, that same behavioural issue. Like we all have in our own life, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it's interesting. It's a matter of like do you want to admit it to yourself, you back foot whacker? Yes. You <laughs> or, or whatever it is. Yep. Um uh, Masters kicks off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Who do you like for the Masters? I don't know. I, I you know what? I, I got teased for this, right, with my friends who actually – I picked Patrick Cantlay in 2019 because I saw this headline that said Patrick Cantlay. I was like, that sounds pretty cool. He, he came there. So he's actually got a good, a good record there. He was playing well, but I, I think it's – you know, generally people who, who have played well there previously have – do quite well. I think a lot of like Scotty Scheffler, right? He's number one player in the world. I think he might be a lot overwhelmed being being overwhelmed being there as the first number one, you know. And Cameron Smith, for instance, I hope he wins. And his coach mm. Grant Field is just a, a wonderful legend, great guy. And I hope he wins. But it's the first time when he's actually going to the Masters where he's actually in it. Like you know, your chance this week. Ooh, mm. not like oh, you're a smoky. You're actually a chance, and that's a different thing to hold, right? Different type of pressure. That's Tiger Woods type of pressure. Okay. What do you think? Um, uh, I like Cantlay. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, Victor Hovland. Oh, great choice. I think he's just you know, I just love his like little rehearsal swing that he does sometimes. You just know that Victor Hovland, great, 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 great guy. What a what a lovely guy. <clears throat> but one weakness he has in his game, Andrew, right, is his chipping. That's his number one Achilles heel. And chipping at Augusta, we've all seen that shot of Tiger on 16. Yeah. Not easy. So we'll see how it goes. Toby, let me ask you, in your rebirth of the game of golf and, you know, you realised you weren't going to make it as a player and, you you know, you did your traineeships and your coaching. So, yeah. and as you said, you know, you, you – you have access now to the best coaches in the world. You know, you're part of that community. What's, what's yeah. it like to be, to be in that upper echelon of, um, so, uh, of knowledge so, in a game that we're all so, so crazy. wound up about? So crazy. I've been invited to all these group chats, right? And I, I remember the first time I ever spoke to Dom as a party, right? He was a European tour coach. Australian. He's Australian. I didn't sleep that night after and I was just so excited. Right, and I got to speak to Jerome, who who coaches uh, Thomas Peters now at the Masters. 
you know, Sean Foley. And my wife even said to me at one point in time, she said, Toby, she goes, honey, I don't think you should be having these Zoom calls at night because you're too excited and you can't go to sleep after it. Yeah. Well, so so what, 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 what do you learn from them? What, what, you know, are you picking up, are you t- picking up coaching tips or golfing tips or? A lot of the time I, I, I probably nerd out too much on the swing stuff with them. So a lot of these coaches, uh, generally they come to me as well because of my online coaching business. So they see that I'm, um, without putting pumping my tires right I'm quite successful in the online coaching world and they want to get involved in it right and these guys are the world's top coaches and you know yeah it's and I, I nerd out with them with technique stuff you know they call me up and I'll let I'll talk to them about their online coaching and how to do it and how to communicate because communication is very very important through online coaching and I'll just ask some questions like tell me about Lucas Herbert's driver's numbers on track man you know, like I just, right. okay. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, okay. it is pretty crazy. And to me, I just put it this way, right? Three years ago, I was head professional at Kaima Golf Club, little country town, beautiful golf course. And now, you know, I'm having Zoom calls with the world's best golf coaches and being classified in, you know, in a similar category. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It's ex- yeah, it's crazy, but it's exciting. So, where's your, what's your trajectory? I mean, Phil um, from Manly says that you are great with kids, like really great with young people. Like, do yeah. you hold as some sort of a coach? And and is this a reasonable coach's dream to go far out? I'd just love to have a couple of great, a good juniors come through and mentor them through the process, and have a top twenty in the world. Is that sort of one of the I, things that coaches aspire to? I was. I was aspiring to that probably a year and a half ago and I was, you know, I wanted to be at the back of the range of the Masters. You know, like when Lucas Herbert got in, I was talking to my yeah. friend Tom who was there, I said, surely he needs someone to help clean his shoelaces after a round of golf. Like I'll <laughs> do anything. Does he want me to peel his banana? I'll get organic bananas. I, I wanted to be that, that guy, right? Where I've come to realise now is – Tour life is difficult. They're living a lot of times in hotels, tour coaches. It's a tough, tough life. But for me now, I've got an opportunity to have an imprint on thousands of golfers and just improve their game. Like I just got off a Zoom call before you and one of my students just come out of winter in Kansas, right? They just started playing golf and he just shot his lowest ever score over nine holes and it just it just makes me so excited. So just yeah. for me, my, my trajectory is just – Helping more and more golfers, especially through online coaching, I, okay. I do with, of, of helping. And with that, we'll, yeah. we'll finish with this. With that back of the range pro coaching, you know, yeah. like is it how hard is it to? And I, and and I understand that that's not your dream now, yeah. but how hard is it to have a, a a great player and them not fulfil the, their their possibility? Um, on a day mm-hmm. when they sort of turn to you and go, well, mate. You wear it. You know, like, yeah. One of, my, one of my students is an Indian tour pro, and we actually got a win through online coaching. I, I can't even pronounce his name, and we won on a tour in India. I just call him his nickname. I just call him you, right? And <laughs> we got a win, and when I would, ride his, I would ride his losses, and I've had to learn how to deal with it. So that's other things that I've had because I have tour players. I've had to learn on how to deal with that. So – it's it's you wear it 
you know, I've actually just given a golf lesson to Adam Federici, the old Australian soccer keeper, goalkeeper, um, a couple of days ago, and through online coaching as well. And he's the same. He had to. He wore a lot of it, you know, being a goalkeeper. So for me, yep. um, you, their scores, you ride the, the good stuff, and you definitely are wearing the bad stuff, and it hurts. It really hurts. You take a lot of responsibility. Okay, and the power yeah. of positivity and belief in your own. Yes. Not yes. greatness, but goodness. Well, you sometimes you need to be reminded that what you are doing and the message you're delivering is correct. So I'll go to my friends and say, I'm doing the right thing here, I know. I'm right. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You know, the thing in the game of golf, you know, what's like Kevin Narright has had nine wins on the PGA Tour and he's played like 500 starts and that is classified as an incredible successful career. So he's won nine from 500. He's had 491 losses, mm. and that's classified as a fantastic career, one of the all-time careers. So I think learning how to handle the lows, that sometimes you need that support around you to let you know that you're doing the right thing because sometimes, you know, I can give a golf lesson to someone, to Andrew, and I know that this is what he needs to do. He comes back to me and says, Toby, I had 26 points at Long Reef. And you go, oh, no, but you've got to trust yourself that what you're delivering is correct. Yeah, that's what like. yeah, a lot of my coaching comes through that fear. I want to make sure that I know as much as I can to try and help the golfer. All right. Well, good on you, Toby. I really appreciate your time. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And, Thanks, um, and yet, yeah, your, your road to, you know, being one of the top online coaches is amazing. And that whole Indian experience and, you know, it's brilliant. It's really enjoyable. I've really enjoyed our discussion. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for having me. All right. Good on you, Toby. Toby McGeechee. Isn't he great? I thought you'd like him. Uh, Really, really good and positive and healthy and a really, well, a good coach, a really good coach and um, available online and offline. You can find him at tmgolf.com.au. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember, if you've got a story to share uh, or you want to put a friend in and say, mate, he's the best, and I don't care if you're old or young. I just love the game. So let's talk about it. See ya. See ya.